Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Acts chapter 1. The book of Acts chapter 1. I, I really had something else planned and prepared to preach. It was a really good message, I thought. But this morning when I was out walking, uh, the, the Lord began to just drop, He dropped a phrase into my heart. that I believe would be a, a fitting end for 2021, for 2020. And it would be a fitting thing to begin. Did I say 2021? Okay. <clears throat> this would be fitting to end 2020 and to start 2021 with. All right. I'm from Chambers County, so y'all just have to forgive me on that, okay? And this phrase simply is position for power. Position for power. One of the heartbreaking things, and I'm not just tr not trying to be political nor complain in the pulpit, but we kept hearing from the beginning of this year how that the reason that the churches had to shut down was the fact that we were deemed a not an essential service. I don't know about you, but that bothered me. Not because it shut my, my preaching schedule down. Not because I felt like they were dissing on the church, which they were. They always have. And listen, the world always will disrespect the church until somebody starts getting healed. Come on, somebody help me this morning. You know what will cause us to become an essential service? I even hate that term, but it is what it is. You know what will cause us to become an essential service again? Is that if we start 2021 and every ounce of the COVID-19 virus is eradicated out of the McCullough Christian Center. Every trace, every trace, and I've had it. I joined the club, not because I wanted to. I also joined the colonoscopy club this year. I'm cleaner than I've ever been before in my life. Hallelujah. There's got to be a better way. That's all I can say. But you let, you let, you let people start being healed of cancer. Come on. You start, you, you, you start seeing marriages brought back together. You, you, see, you, start, you begin to see uh, uh, young people get radically on fire for God, not because they went off to a conference somewhere in a big city or to, or to a, a, a summer camp somewhere, but because of the power of God. That is, is this all right to preach this morning? Am I in a church that likes the power of God? 
you let the power of God begin to manifest right here in this house and we won't have to go to Pensacola. We won't have to go to Mobile. We won't have to go to Dallas. We can come right here to the, to the field and get everything that we need from God right here in this place. Come on, give him a hand clap for that. I'm feeling better already. Glory to God. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. This is, this is one of my favorite passages because of what I just said. Jesus is about to ascend up. He has been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit for the last 40 days. This thought actually begins in John chapter 13. Chapter 14, chapter 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 all happen within a matter of just a few hours. And it's even though John wrote the book of John and Luke wrote the book of Luke and he also wrote the book of Acts and Luke is just continuing his, his thoughts from the end of his writing but yet he picks up on what John captured was the last message of Jesus and the whole last message of Jesus in the last hours that he was on this earth was the power of the Holy Spirit that is coming. That he would be our comforter. He would be our teacher. He would be our God. He would cause us to bear fruit. He would cause us to, to hear from God. He would cause us to know God in a way that they didn't know him right then even though they had Emmanuel with them, God in the flesh with them. Yet Jesus also lived this life as 100% man. He was 100% God, but he lived it as 100% man so that he could be tested and tempted and tried just like we are. And as Paul said in the book of Hebrews, yet without sin. Amen. And so, so Jesus just continues after his resurrection talking about the coming Holy Spirit uh, for 40 days and, and he intertwined that with talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a weak kingdom. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom in which you just barely make it through. Come on. The kingdom of God is filled with sons and daughters of God who know their place in Him and know who they are in Christ and are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because they know that it is the power of God unto salvation. Beginning in verse 4, he said, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, he says, and I'm reading out of the King James, but I'm not going to talk King James English, okay? Because he said, I've been talking to you about this for the last 40 days. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall. I think he just put that in the Bible this morning. You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. I believe Jesus is the, 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 the preacher on the inside of Jesus is just getting worked up right now. He said, man, I've been talking to you about this. And he was excited for them because he already knew what was about to take place in about 10 days. He knew he was about to check out in just a few steps. 
because they're having this conversation as they're going up the Mount of Olives and he's about to go back to the Father but he was excited for them because they would have something going forward that they did not have when he was on this earth because when Jesus walked on this earth he was limited to being in one place at one time he was limited to only say one thing at one time amen but now that he is gone he not only lives in me but he lives in you he lives in you and in you and in you and in you and in all those who have received him and call upon his name and so now he can be everywhere at the same time answering prayers in McCullough, Alabama and answering prayers in Moscow, Russia right at the same time. That's so cool. Buddha can't do this. Mohammed can't do this. A president can't do this. Only the Holy Ghost can do this. Now watch what happens next in verse 6. When they therefore will come together, they ask of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now if that, if that had been me that was being asked that question, I would have went, Because we got two conversations going on here. Jesus is talking about the coming power of the Holy Spirit that will position them for power with God and with man. And all they can think about is, we want our kingdom back. We want our nation back, bless God. Sounds like the United States in 2020. This is all I'll say about this, and if this gets me in trouble, I'm going home in a little bit, and so I don't really care. But I am sick up to here with the arguing over the Republican side and the Democratic side. Can I tell you something? The Republican Party will never save anybody, and the Democratic Party is not the answer to all things wrong with the United States. There is only one answer, and His name is Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Some of y'all not happy I said that, but I'm telling you, you have, bought the, you have drunk the Kool-Aid and set up an idol to a political party in your life because you want your nation back. Maybe God wants us to lose some things that we have had so that we can realize it's not by might and it's not by power. It's by the Spirit of the living God. Come on and give him a hand clap if you want to. Or even if you don't want to. People are people everywhere you go. I've traveled all the way around the world at least two different times. Started in Atlanta, went that way, and found Atlanta going that way. Two different times. And I found out people are people everywhere you go. The devil is the devil everywhere you go. And Jesus will be Lord everywhere you go if he can just find somebody that will let him be Lord. Listen to what he says here. They, they, they're talking about, and I realize, that, uh, look, look, I, I'm, not a, I'm not for tyranny. I'm not for oppression. I'm not for dictatorships. I'm not for, I'm for the rule of law and all of that. But, 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 but listen, as long as there are men 
and there is power to be obtained, there will always be a fight. And God has not called you to fight that battle. Because Paul was very clear in Ephesians chapter 6. He said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But, or excuse me, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So Jesus is in the middle. You know, he's trying to tell them one thing. And all they can think about is something else. We want our nation back. And, and in all honesty, the Caesars and the Herods and the Pontius Pilots of that age were some of the most wicked and perverted. And oh man, just if, if, you, if, if, if you really looked at the, go back and look at the history of what they did, I'm surprised that he didn't just do them like he did Sodom and Gomorrah so many, so many times, so many years before that. But you know, be sure your sins will find you out. And God has, God is long suffering. Sometimes he's too long. Come on, somebody help me. Because if you or I had been in charge, we'd have fixed this thing a long time ago and it would be a worse mess than what it is right now. Amen. But watch what he says here. He doesn't, he doesn't even go there, even though. If it had been David Copeland, I would have went there. Listen to what he said. Will you give us the kingdom? Will you restore again the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Now let me say this before I forget it. God never said that you would not be able to discern the times or the seasons. I hear, I hear that every time I go to Tennessee from some of my people. Well, you know, God said you wouldn't be able to tell the times or the seasons. I said, no, no. <laughs> that's not what he said. He said it's not for us to know every time and every season which the Father has put in his own power. <clears throat> I'm going to talk a little bit today about the coming of Jesus. Can I do that? We sung about him coming. I think I'd be all right if I preached about him coming. I'm going to tell you when Jesus is going to come. I have the answer. Line up out there and I'll sell you my book when it's finished. Here's when Jesus is coming. When God the Father tells him to. Just because we're Americans, we think we can figure out when he's coming. No man, what part of no man knows the day or the hour do we not understand? But on the flip side of that, that's, that, that there, I'm going there, so just, just pause it right there. He said it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. In the margin of my Bible, 
it, it says, but you shall receive the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you. I saw that this morning, just for the first time this morning. I thought, wow, that, that, and it, it's in the margin so it, it can read both ways. You shall receive the power of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit coming, somebody say coming, coming upon you. I like to say it this way. Jesus is coming to us before he comes for us. He's not coming back for a backslidden church. He's not coming back for a non-essential church. He's not coming back for a church that does not know whether they want to be married to him or not. He's coming back for a people whose robes have been made white in the blood of the Lamb. Somebody say amen. But as spirit-filled people, we have something that the world does not have. That's why we should not be discouraged today. That's why we should not be depressed. And if you are, we're going to pray in just a few minutes and God's going to lift that off of you because we are here. And as long as the church is on the earth, we are the agents of hope that, that at any moment the Holy Ghost can be coming upon somebody and and, and, and lay hands on somebody and see them healed or speak a word to somebody and, 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 and chains will be broken. Look, just, just sing a song and a tear might roll down somebody's face but that tear be, be the cry that causes God to get off of his throne and moves for his children one more time. It's not for you to, I like the way the Message Bible reads this. The Message Bible reads it this way. They said, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Is this the time? He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love that. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the end of the earth. Talk about just for a second the times and the seasons. This word times is, is the word chronos, which is the ticking time that, 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 that we go by. This is the linear time that we have. And, and the reason that it disturbs us that it looks as if God is allowing all this garbage to go on in the world, it's because we're controlled by this. In fact, I'm hurrying as fast as I possibly humanly can because I know that when this thing strikes 12, there's going to be some kind of unconscious thing that goes off in some people that says, Ding, I'm done, goodbye. And even if you don't leave, you will leave. Because we're controlled by the clock. Come on, somebody. I promise you McDonald's will be open when it's all over with or, or whatever restaurant Atmore has, it, it'll be open. I know there's not much, but it'll be, it'll be open. It'll, it'll be okay. This is called linear time, and this is why we, we have trouble grasping the times and the seasons of God and, and, and the, desire, the wanting to know. The wanting to know what's next is in every one of us. Because again, we want to be an essential service. We don't want the church to be a non-essential service. We don't want our lives that we live on this earth to be non-essential. 
because we know that pretty soon this for us is going to run out. I just turned 50 a few months ago and I understand that I'm closer to the end of my race than I am the beginning of it. It'll run out for me before it'll run out for some of you and I don't want to come to the end of my linear time on this earth and been ignoring what God has been speaking and what the Spirit has been saying because I wanted to do my own thing or I was caught up in my own stuff and not able or not willing to cast my care upon the Lord because He cares for me. Because God is not controlled by linear time because He is eternal. He's governed by eternity. You can't find when he started and you'll never find where he ends because he is from everlasting to everlasting. Say amen, somebody. But when I read this, and and, and it's linked to the coming of the Lord, there, there, there is a huge desire in my heart to be, and if you'll turn with me over to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, I want to talk for just a couple of minutes here on the men of Issachar. This was one of the most fascinating tribes to me that Israel ever had in, the, in, in their whole history. And 1 Chronicles chapter 12 is right in the middle. The writer is talking about all of the military people that are coming just spontaneous. They didn't, they, there was not a message sent to each tribe and say, okay, give me 40,000 from here, give me 52,000 from here, Manasseh, send me 74,000. This was a spontaneous move of God that happened as David was ascending to the throne and they were choosing out the people that would serve in the military with David. And then we get, we, we go through Judah and Manasseh and Ephraim and and. Uh, uh, man, I, I, I lose count of all that. And then it comes in verse 32 to the children of Issachar. Watch what this says here. And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. I thought you said we wouldn't know. There's some things that we will not know that the Father holds within His power. But if He said, And I know it's Old Testament, but if he said that he would not do anything unless he first spoke to his servants, the prophets, why is it that no prophets caught this COVID-19 that was coming? Now, I know that there's some that are on the national scene now that are saying, oh, I called it, I called it, I called it. But I've not seen anywhere where they called it. Maybe I'm getting it wrong, but by and large, we didn't know this was coming. When we started this year, we thought it was going to be the best year. And uh, When we started this year, I had done the study on the number 20 in in the Hebrew, and the, the number 20 in Hebrew is the number of redemption and expectation. And so I, while redemption, that confused me a little bit, and I didn't understand what that was all about. Redem- uh, uh, expectation, yeah, because I am, ex- I am expecting God to do something for me that I need that you can't do for me. Come on. 
All the money in this place can't do what I need to do. All the money in Fort Knox, all the money in the, within the government of the United States cannot do what I'm crying out for because it's not a natural thing. It is a supernatural thing that I'm longing to take place, to, to, that will take place on the earth. But now that we're at the end of 2020, I understand, now that we come to the end, how many of you need some things that need to be redeemed? Redeemed means to be bought back. I've got some preaching appointments that need to be bought back. Come on. There's some time in my life that has been stolen. Time for my ministry. There's at least seven trips, international trips, that was robbed from me in 2020 that it must be redeemed back to me. So this tells me that I've got to up my faith level because I know that if, that, that if this thing came and the devil has come to steal and kill and to destroy and when a robber and a thief is found, he must pay back at least seven times. Oh, yeah. I'll take that if you don't want it. Just give it to me. But these were men who had understanding of the times. And you may be here this morning and you may not give a rip about the function of the apostolic or the prophetic because you're not interested in the fivefold ministry, all you're interested in is getting out of here, going to eat lunch, and going on about and 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 figuring out why you didn't get what, why did Santa Claus didn't give you what you asked for for Christmas? That'll play out. Trust me, it'll play out. Oh, but church, if there is something that I I pray that you would capture. While you may not know everything that is coming, we can know what God wants to do in you, in our own personal lives. And we can know that we know that we know by the Spirit of God what God wants to do in our marriages and in our ministry and within the body of McCullough Christian Center. I pray that this would get down in your heart and it would begin to become a cry. Oh God, make me a man. Make me a woman of Issachar. Someone who has understanding of the times it doesn't take a prophet to realize we're in the end of times it's never been like this in our history even the pandemic of 1919 and 1920 was not on the magnitude the flu pandemic then was not on the magnitude of this because this was something that happened this that we have endured is something that was hatched in China not trying to be political it's proven it was hatched in China it's being used by Satan to steal and to kill and to destroy. And while I do not believe that God sends sickness and disease on people, yet when God gets ready to judge the world, when He gets ready to judge nations and He gets ready to speak to the world, He will allow things like this to happen and He will put His finger on it and His finger will stay on it until somebody wakes up and says, Father, you said in your 
your word. If you, if you shut up heaven that there be no rain. If you command the locusts to devour the land. If you send locusts upon, among your people. You said if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. You will hear from heaven. You will forgive our sin. You will heal our land. If there is a time for us to seek the face of God, if there is a time for us to lay down our agenda, if there is a time for us to say, God, I lay everything before you right now. Lord, whatever you want us to keep, we will keep. And whatever you want to take away, God, we say take it away. It's the it's it's the 27th day of December 2020. Somebody say amen. March the 8th, March the 7th, March the 8th, the Sunday before it all blew up, we were in the Katy, Texas area, and I was preaching. I could remember the last words I said in that pulpit was I said, I've got the recording somewhere, Lord, I don't know what you're trying to do, don't know what you're trying to say, but I'm at a place in my life that I'm laying everything before you. If you want this ministry, if you want to blow this ministry to pieces, if you want to shut it down, shut it down. If you want to multiply it, multiply it. But I lay everything before you. I lay everything, everything I have, everything I'm doing, everything I've ever thought about doing, I lay before you 24 hours later. It shut down. And I wanted to say, God, I was kidding. But I had an understanding of the times. I didn't have the fullness of the understanding. But I had an understanding that God is trying to speak to His people. But I wonder, are we listening? I'm almost finished, believe it or not. These were men that had understanding of the times. And the second thing it says, and they knew what Israel ought to do. Again, we've known that we've been in the last days for Ever since we've been alive. Why? Because old-timey preachers have always preached. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Get ready, get ready. T.D. Jakes isn't the one that invented get ready, get ready, get ready. Old-time preachers from, from, from the time of Jesus have been saying get ready because Jesus is coming. But even some of us here in this house this morning have heard that message so much that it doesn't move us anymore. I can remember the Baptist church Pam and I come out of in Tennessee. Man, you get up and say, Jesus is coming, or sing that song. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or... I just dated myself bad, didn't I? Man, I can remember people would start shouting and they would start dancing and the service would blow up. You would, you would lose control. It would take an hour to get the service calmed down again so you could move on. Because people were expecting Jesus to come. But in our lifetime, there's been this delay. And within this delay, there's been more poverty. There's been more injustice. There's been more fighting. And there's been more sin. There's been more wickedness. There's been more perversion. There's, you know, and marriages, you know, some married couples, they just want to say, man, come on, man. Just, I, I just want to survive today. I ain't even thinking about tomorrow with this cat. I'm just trying to survive today. And we understand that because we've been through that season as well. 
and almost didn't make it. But I'm telling you, if the grace of God caused Pam and I to make it, you can make it as well. But it's not enough just to understand that Jesus is coming. What is our response? Israel, the the people of Issachar knew what Israel ought to do. I've been doing a study during all this pandemic about being led by the Spirit, written a course to teach in, in Kenya when I do finally get to go back. And I've come to surmise by my own personal study this year that I, I only thought I knew how to be led by the Spirit. Listen, it, there's some things that God is not going to tell you why. There's some things that you go through that God is not going to tell you why you had to go through that because some of it some of it was your own can I say the S word some of it was your own stupidity come on some of it was your rebellion against God some of it was you, you made up your mind long before you started praying about it what, they, what you were going to do and you didn't care what anybody else said. You'd already made up your mind. You're going to do it. You're going to do it and you did it and you got a mess. Some of it is a direct attack of Satan against your life because he has come to steal and kill and destroy But can I remind you that Jesus has come that you may have life and that you might have life more abundantly. So what I'm saying is, is even though you may not get the answer to why on every single thing, there are some things he's not going to tell you about, but there are some things he is going to tell you. That's what I want you to focus on over the next few days. We got how many days before five more days before the end of this year. And I'm so grateful that God gives us a, a December 31st so he can give us a January the 1st because every single year he is prophesying to us and declaring to us in our marriages, in our ministries, in our walk with him, in our ordinary, mundane, boring lives that we live sometimes, he still wants to give us a new beginning. There were men that had understanding of the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. And I wish I had time to finish this. It says, and all of their brethren were at their commandment. You look at all the other tribes and they give a number of people that submitted to the, to, to the military, to serve in the military. But here, this wording leads me to believe All of their brethren, it's even in the New King James, all of their brethren were at their commandment. Last time I looked up the word all, it means wouldn't it be, and I appreciate the unity that I feel. Musicians, would you come? I appreciate the unity that I feel in this house this morning.
There is the sweetest presence of God that is here. And he's speaking and tugging on somebody's heart. Wouldn't it be so wonderful that we would get such a hunger to seek the face of God that when miracles happen, if somebody was to be wheeled in here in a wheelchair and walk out pushing the wheelchair, we would say, no big deal. We saw cancer last week fall off of somebody's face. Wild, wild, it just went, fell off. We saw two people that were, that were filed for divorce, that were ready to kill each other. Somehow God just moved in their life and they're together again. We didn't ask how it all worked out. We just know it's because God is the God of a new beginning and we knew it all along. We were expecting it. We just didn't know when he was going to redeem it. Does that make sense? Or am I making sense? That there would be such a spirit of unity and purpose that every single person that calls McCullough Christian Center their home would say, you know something? No matter what needs to be done, hey, I'm there. If it's a prayer meeting, I'm there. If it's a work day, I'm there. How can we get this? You go back to Acts chapter 1. Don't have time to go there. There's three things that stand out to me in verse 9. The disciples had focus. Somebody say focus. They had a focus. They were so focused on Jesus coming that they were standing around in a circle. Come up here. Come, come up here. They were standing around. They were looking up into heaven. Y'all look up into heaven now. They were looking up into heaven. And they were such a focus that God had to send not one angel. He had to send two angels down because they, they, would, they watched him as he ascended up into heaven. And the rendering in the English and in the Greek, no matter where you look like, was that they were fixed on him going away. I love this. There was such a focus in their life that God had to send two angels. And if, and if those angels had been from Alabama, I believe those angels would have said it this way. I believe they would have got up right in the middle of that and be looking up into heaven with them. And they would have said to those disciples, you know something? That's the coolest thing we've ever seen him do too. But... Why are you gazing, standing here, looking up into heaven? This same Jesus that you have seen ascend up into heaven will so come in like manner that you have seen him go away. He's going to come back. What's your focus? As long as you focus on all the wrong that has been done in your life, then you know what you're going to get? You're going to get more wrong. But like the brother said when he came and received the offering a while ago, we need to start declaring we are blessed. 
We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. While God is not going to tell us everything, He's not going to tell us all His secrets, yet there is some secrets He is ready to reveal to us about the coming year so that we will not be caught off guard. We will not be punched in the gut. We will not say, why did this have to happen? No, we'll say, look, we knew it was coming, but because we have been seeking Am I, am, I making any, am I worrying somebody here today? I'm telling you, I feel this all the way to the bottom of my feet that we will not be caught off guard again. But we'll have the understanding of the times. And God will, we, we'll, God will already have given us a plan of what to do. They had focus, they had obedience. Verse. Verse 12 over there, it says that they, they returned to Jerusalem. They were told to go back and wait in Jerusalem for the coming of the promise, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, they just kept going. They continued. They continued. They kept on doing it because it was the right thing to do. There's some friends of ours that own a you-pick berry farm in another state, and they have been flooded twice and lost everything. The, the, the couple that owned this lost their home twice. They lost their farm twice. They lost all their crops twice. But at the beginning of the year, God spoke to the man, to the husband, and said, this is going to be the greatest year we've ever had greatest year we've ever had that was in January in March they lost it all again three times they lost it but when they come to September listen to this I know this is carnal but this ought to give somebody hope they opened up the farm again in September and from September the 15th I can't hardly not dance just thinking about it from September the 15th to November the 15th, they made more in 60 days than they lost in seven years. They made back, you didn't hear what I'm saying, they made back everything that they lost and more that they lost for seven years. I've got to dance about that. My God, that's good. Does anybody here need some of that? Well, some of y'all are so well off that you don't need anything. God bless you. But for the rest of us that knows that there's been some things that caught us off guard, there's been some things that have been stolen from us. There's been some time. There's been some energy. There's been some resources. There's been, even though I know that God has blessed McCullough Christian Center, there's been some things that the devil has stolen away from this body that I believe God wants to restore and He wants to begin it now. He does, he does not want you going into the next year without knowing that you know that our God is for us and He is not against us and we are more than conquerors through him that loved us 
We don't get to know everything, but what we get is the Holy Ghost coming upon us. That means that He's coming, He's on me right now, but you know something? In the morning, I'm going to need Him to come on me again. Wednesday, I'm going to need Him to come on me again. Come on, somebody. Friday night, when this thing changes over to a new year, I, I thank God for the anointing that I've had this year. But when January 1st comes, I want a greater anointing. I want, I want a greater level of faith to operate in. Amen? Would you stand to your feet all over this place? Now, I don't know how you're doing the altar calls with all this stuff going on, but here's, here's what we're going to do. If you want to come this morning and just pour everything out to the Lord, maybe you're here today and you know that Jesus is coming. But yet you don't need Him to come right this second in the condition that your life is in. And don't sit there and say, well, preacher, I've heard this my whole life. Look, if Jesus don't come, the funeral guy's coming. And you don't need to, you don't, you, you don't, you, you need to be ready if Jesus comes, and you need to be ready if the undertaker comes too. But you know something, all you have to do is come before Him and say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. I cling and I call for that blood of Jesus to cover me in Jesus' name. You know something? He will do it. Maybe you're here and you know that there's been a lot of stuff stolen from you and you are ready like me for this year to be gone, gone, capital G-O-N, gone. But in order to get our focus and our obedience and our continuing we got to make up our mind and say, you know something? I'm going to keep on keeping on. And that's what one of the workers from the farm testified that Sunday that we were with them just a few weeks ago. They said, you know something? We wanted to quit. Even, the, even earlier this year when everything shut down and we lost the crop again, we just, all we knew to do was keep on keeping on because that's all we knew to do. That's easier said than done for some of us because some of us are done. Father, in the name of Jesus, there's so much more I wish I could preach, so much more I wish I could say. But God, for every person here that needs to make some things right with you today, Lord, I pray for them right now and I pray that right now, even where they are, that they will just simply pray, Jesus. In fact, let's all pray this together as a family. Jesus, come on, pray it out loud. Say, Jesus, forgive me of every sin that is keeping me from understanding the times and knowing what I ought to do. Wash me in the blood, and I receive your forgiveness in Jesus' name.